Welcome to the Neuro Experience. I am your host, Louisa Nicola. I am a mathematician, former Australian triathlete, and neuro performance coach. I am your brain coach. I know what it takes to succeed at the highest levels, and I'm here to show you how to get from where you are to where you want to be. This show is designed to teach you scientific mental strategies that you can use and implement to get results fast. So expect to be fearless. Take notes and take action. Let's get into it. Hello, neuro athletes. Welcome back. This is episode 12 of the Neuro Experience. I'm so excited to be here in New York. I hope everyone is doing great uh, this morning. Just to let you know, I woke up. I got straight. I woke up at 6 a.m. this morning. Um, I got straight into my meditation got straight into my visualization. I really primed my mind, primed my body, and I visualized this morning my workout. I then went into my workout and I absolutely smashed it. So I'm feeling so powerful. And for all of you out there that have been listening to me and know the philosophy of neuroathletics, it is the mind is what the brain does. So before we get into this episode, I really hope um, that you're taking away from every episode that we do and every type of content, you're taking away that you can build the life you want, you can get the success you want, you can achieve any result that you want when you really understand how to train your brain and how to train your mind. You see, success is nothing but rituals. Now, the rituals that you adopt every single day turn into habits. Your habits turn into your reality and your reality turns into your destiny. So that's what we teach. How can we train your mind? How can we train this fantastic organ sitting inside your skull? How can we train it so you can become unstoppable, unbreakable, and truly powerful? So Leading into today's episode, I interviewed a great friend here in New York. His name is Jordan Slots. The reason why I interviewed him is he's quite fascinating. I, you know, when I first met him, I thought that he was this big fitness personal trainer doing amazing things in the fitness industry. And although he is, he, it was really interesting to understand that he has a nine to five. He works in the tech industry and he's going to tell you all about that. But The thing I love about him is he's very, um, he does have his rituals. He is very regimented and he takes a lot of care into his mind and his body. And we're just going to be having a great conversation around, you know, his nutrition, his training habits. He's an absolute powerhouse when he trains, Um, you know, and what are the, you know, just we're getting into kind of the, the things that he does on a daily basis, living the you know, hustler's life of New York City. So I had fun doing this with Jordan. So have a listen, guys. I hope you enjoy it and let's get into it. Thanks for having me. No, thank you. Thank you for being on our incredible Neuro Experience podcast. It's so nice to um, have someone in New York share their experience when it comes to mindset, when it comes to life, when it comes to performance. So I'm so excited to get to know you. Likewise, my pleasure. I'm excited for the community to get to know you. My pleasure. Thank you. Excited too. So tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah. So uh, name's Jordan. Um, I've been in the city for about seven years now. Um, I work in technology and when I'm not working in technology, you could find me at a bunch of different fitness studios, but mainly Tone House. Uh, Fitness is my passion 
and I just outside of work like meeting like-minded individuals who share that same passion mm-hmm. and uh, aside from fitness one of the reasons why I work out so hard is I'm a big foodie so you could also find me at one of the many New York City restaurants I love that so instead of typing it into Google we can just come to you exactly exactly you are so into fitness when I first saw you on Instagram I honestly thought okay he's a PT he's a fitness influencer you're even backed by nutrition and supplement companies how are you so able to be so involved in that and then be working a corporate job at the same time? Yeah, I think um, I think as far as just being able to manage your day, right? We all have 24 hours in a day and uh, I'm up very early. Um, mm. I think that the earlier you wake up, like the more time that you have in a day and I um, accredit that to being able to, you know, juggle things around. So I mm. wake up at about 5.30 uh, every day. I'm, you know, doing a tone-ass class or going to lift at 6.15. <laughs> and I'm I'm ready to rock and roll by I would say you know like seven forty five eight where most people are waking up and then starting their day. So I think that that gives me um a, you know a couple extra hours a day and those couple extra hours a day add up in the week and then you know the week in the month and the month in the year. Absolutely. Yeah. Small little habits. Yeah. So, neuroathletics we have a philosophy, okay, and that is the mind is what the brain does. So we're so we're obsessed first of all with the mind and we're obsessed with the brain so what we feel like what we do um, to give you an analogy it's like you know we refer to if you look at a house okay you the brain is like the the outside of the house and the mind is like the furniture and what we see what we see in mainstream media and on social media is everyone's talking about mindfulness everybody's talking about the mind and what can you do for mindset no one's really actually understanding the brain so that's what neuroathletics does Okay, but let's switch over to mindset. I want to know, I'm very big on morning routines. I'm very big on daily routines and daily disciplines because, you know, sometimes if we don't really take care of what we're doing every single day and what our disciplines and our habits are, we end up waking up, you know, 10 years later and thinking, what have I been doing the last 10 years? So you're obviously someone who's able to manage a lot, uh, be highly productive in what you do. So tell us a bit about your, you know, do you have a daily routine? How do you, you know, how do you get everything done in one day? Yeah. So I think it's all about prioritization. Um, as, yes. as cliche as that sounds. Um, I think just through my personal experience, I think that I really learned um, to prioritize and to really um, kind of set a schedule and have some structure where um, it was about four or five years ago, I was going to business school at night while working full time. And yeah, and to be able to juggle that, um, it really taught me time management skills and it really taught me that, you know, something could be important, but not urgent, right? Or Mm. urgent, but not important. And I think that if you're able to distinguish, um, you know, urgency is like you're under a deadline, right? Mm. And importance is how, like you could have something that's important, but not urgent, right? Meaning Mm. that it's important to get it done, but it doesn't have to get done right away. And I think being able to prioritize and understand what's urgent, what's important, and what's important but maybe not be urgent enables you to kind of, you know, bucket those tasks mm-hmm. and, the, and those projects. And I think um, based on that, you know, how I've been able to structure my day is kind of all around, you know, importance and urgency. Mm, interesting. We, um, we do something, especially when we're going to corporate organizations, where we do... 45 minute on, 15 minutes off, okay? So that allows the brain to work, you know, hard for 45 minutes on one particular task because you can't, the brain can't take on, you know, seven different tasks at the one time, okay? And you do your best work when you're entirely focused on that one task. So we work with, um, when we go into corporate organizations, we put them to that, we're like, okay, 
just pick one thing, whether it's emailing, whether it's cold calling. Do that and only that for 45 minutes. Don't touch your phone. Don't do anything else. And then have 15 minutes off. Get up, breathe, stretch, move your body, go and have a snack, drink something. And the rate of productivity that is increased from that is absolutely phenomenal. So that's something that we use to increase productivity. Yeah, absolutely. But also with that, nutrition plays a big part. Now you're a big foodie. So what are some of the things, like what, do you have a specific diet or do you just eat well? Like what's your, what, tell us about your, your food. Yeah, so first and foremost, I wanna say that I'm the first person that likes food, that likes all the, you know, the stuff that you shouldn't be eating. And I'm the first person that will indulge and wants to live my life. You know, I work out really hard, fitness is a big passion of mine, but I don't wanna, you know, work out so hard to not be able to enjoy life's pleasures. Yes. Right, so, um, but with that said, I, I typically tend to stay away on a general basis from um, like refined carbs and dairy. So um, just to like give you a, you know, a, a day in the life of Jordan, what I'm eating. Um, I normally work out um, on a fasted stomach. So I'll take pre-workout in the morning and do a tone house class or I'll, I'll lift um, without any food in me. Mm -hmm. um, after that, I'll typically have like eggs and sweet potato. Um, I'll have like eggs and chicken sausage. Um, always a coffee. I love iced coffee. Um, or I'll have maybe like oatmeal, but I always make sure it's like somewhat healthy. Um, I'm a big egg guy. I'm a big egg girl, but I'm against um, oatmeal. I'm against grains. How come? Well, look, I've done a lot of research into the keto diet. Have you heard of the yeah, keto? Yeah. And just a lot of, you know, insights into gluten, what it does to your body, how it reacts. Um, and everything I do, like everything I eat, like I, I'm no alcohol, very not much no alcohol. So everything I put in my body, I research and find out what, if it can't enhance me in any way, then I just don't put it in my body. And I've read a lot about um, grains and just that they're just not good for you. Okay. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you eat sweet potato? I eat sweet potato, yes. Um, unfortunately, I do eat sweet potato with coconut oil. Okay. So I eat that, but trying to stick to keto, I've been smashing avocado, Yep. smashing eggs. Yep. Um, I'm now having collagen protein. Okay. Um, I now, I've never, I have never eaten butter, but now I'm having grass-fed butter. Okay. So I'm trying to do that. I now, I actually, what we do on our athletes is we do, we do a, like a prick blood test, yep. so and we test ketone levels. So now I'm getting into the habit of doing that and testing um, glucose levels as well to find out where I'm at. So how are your energy levels? Oh, through the roof. So I'm, I'm actually, you know, living. You know, one of my friends that I'm living with. I um, mean, she's one of the Rumble trainers. She's like, I just, how are you? She's like, what are you doing? How are you? I, it's like midnight. And I'm like, still going. It's like it's just because of the things I know what the brain needs. You know, a lot of people don't understand that 30% of all the calories you ingest gets eaten by your brain. Nobody understands that. Nobody really understands the importance of hydration. So. It's one thing I could be doing better at. Why? How much are you drinking? You know, I drink a lot of water during my workouts. I probably drink 40 ounces of water during my workouts. And then after that, I definitely could be drinking more water. Um, We're gonna talk about that. Yeah. You should definitely be drinking alkaline water more water getting into your body. Yeah. So it's the moment that you're thirsty, that your body is already dehydrated. Okay, and you can actually experience a 33% decrease in your cognitive ability just from being dehydrated. 
when I'm thirsty, I drink coffee. I know. It's there, not you good. I know. there you go. There you go. There you go. I know. I know. I could definitely improve. It's probably the one thing that I could improve on, like with when it comes to like my nutrition. So you didn't. I cut you off. So continue with your diet. So you, you're an egg guy. Um, you've got a lot of eggs proteins. and some sort of protein, like a chicken sausage or like a steak and eggs, um, and then like a nice coffee. Mm. Um, for lunch, I'll do probably like either a protein shake um, and like a, maybe like half a cup of trail mix or I'll do like sushi. So I'll stay like low carb um, and I'll do maybe like just like sashimi mm -hmm. or I'll do... Wow. Yeah. Strict. Yeah. Um, maybe like I'll do, I like turkey meatballs um, and keep like a, like a very light lunch because I feel like when I have like a heavy lunch, it bogs me out in the middle of oh, the day. Yeah. Versus like, if I have, you know, maybe like a big breakfast, at least I have the whole day to burn it off, right? Mm -hmm. And use that as energy. Versus if I have lunch, you know, I just feel like a little midday slump and then I don't have, you know, as much time in the day to, to burn off whatever I put into my body. Mm. Um, also another coffee with lunch. What type of coffee are you drinking? I drink iced coffee with a touch of half and half and um, a touch of either Splendor Equal. Because you don't have dairy, so. Right. I'll have a touch of it. That's like the one thing, like, again, like it all, it all goes back to, you know, wanting to, you know, I work out so hard. I think mm. that if I have a touch of half and half or a touch of Splenda for the amount that I work out and the amount that, you know, I take care of my body, I think it, it's okay. Mm. Yeah. So a lot of my, the people, you know, a lot of my audience and a lot of the people that we talk to go through, you know, they're always working towards a goal. Okay. It's like, Louisa, I, I've got this. I've got this goal, but I can't get there because of. And a lot of the time, I would say like 80% of the time, or probably 100% of the time, sorry, the reason why they're, they've got a roadblock or they've got a wall in front of them is because they have fear. Fear about maybe fear of the unknown. For example, people starting new businesses may be scared that, okay, what if I do this? It doesn't work out and then I'm going to be here or fearing what will people think of me. So I want to talk about fear and I want to know if you've, if you've ever had to overcome any type of fear in your life and how you did it. Yeah. So, um, I will reference, um, one of my, uh, idols, someone who I look up to. Are you familiar with the guy Jocko Willink? No. Okay. So I'm going to have to look at him. You will absolutely love him. And your, and your audience will love him as well. Yeah. So Jocko Willing, just to give you some background on him, he was uh, a Navy SEAL commander. Uh, he was the commander of Task Unit Bruiser in the Iraqi War. And Task Unit Bruiser was the most decorated um, uh, unit out of the whole Iraqi War. Um, after he served in the military, he then got into the corporate world where he, mm. um, he started a company called the Echelon Front, where he goes into, you know, really large companies and really big businesses and he speaks upon the principles that he learned on the battlefield and how those principles can be translated into the business. Um, wow. He also wrote a book called Extreme Ownership, um, which is like a best-selling you know, novel, I think, like on Barnes & Noble and Amazon. Um, and he also has, a, a, like, I think, like one of the top podcasts um, like on iTunes. Well, I'm definitely going to get onto it. Yeah. So his thing about fear is that like we all have thoughts about like fear. We all have like these like inner demons that uh, you know tell us not to do something, and he's like they're there, right? Like sometimes you just can't help um, them being there. And uh, you know the the things that he said is like those thoughts, those ideas that you know paralyze you from doing something. They don't get a vote. That mm -hmm. was like his exact words. Like you're thinking about doubt. You're thinking about 
you know, failure, they don't get a vote. And he basically just says, you're going to have those thoughts, but just attack anyway, mm. right? Attack what you're going to have to do. And so long as you have those thoughts, like it's, I think it's okay to have those stuff. I think everyone has those thoughts, but so long as it doesn't stop you from, you know, um, executing and, and performing, you know, and, and doing and putting into action, then I think it's okay. And that's kind of what mm. I try to live by is that, look, I would be lying if I didn't wake up, you know, every single day or every single week and have some, you know, negative thought, right? Do I allow it to, you know, stop me from what I'm doing? Do I allow it to paralyze me? No. And I think that's like the principle um, that, that you should have. And I also think that you should, you know, try to think positively. You should talk to yourself in a positive way. Um, I actually just got this tattoo yesterday. I was looking at that. I'm like, well, there's something shiny on his arm. Yeah. So it's, it says, as you think, so shall you be. And basically, love that. thank you. And basically, you know, the, the notion is, is that we become what we think about, right? Absolutely. All, all day long. So, you know, try to talk to yourself and try to think positively and, and, and put yourself in situations where, you know, you're celebrated and people think highly of you and, and, you know, think and put yourself in situations where, you know, you strive. Mm. And, um, I, I think that that's like a, you know, a big thing, um, for me. And that's not to say that don't put yourself in uncomfortable situations because that's how you grow. Um, but I think even in those uncomfortable situations, you always need to be telling yourself, you know, that, that you could do it. And, and if you're not telling yourself that, I think that you should still attack anyway, because that's, you know, kind of the mindset that I think people should have if they want to mm. get things accomplished. You know, just touching on that where you said you are, what is it? Repeat that again. You are what you be. As you think, so shall you be. As you think, so shall you be. It's because, you know, when we look at the, let's look at the neuroscience behind that. Okay. Your brain is like, imagine it as this fat plastic organ. Okay. We, we have this thing called neuroplasticity, which means you can rewire your brain. Okay. Your brain is plastic. You can rewire it via certain types of methods like biofeedback but a lot of it comes from what what you think about totally. so whatever you you think okay over time you're going to be forming new neural networks okay and those new neural networks are going to get thicker if you have the same thought it just gets thicker and thicker totally. and get to the point where it's so true that you don't know the difference between reality and not actually hitler said something like tell a lie um do you know it? No. Tell, uh, tell a but lie strong it. enough. I'll, uh, and it'll be and the people, truth or something like it'll that? Be, it'll be yeah. the truth, yeah. something like that. So, so yeah. I was saying, just to piggyback off that in like real life situations, right, that you can rewire, rewire your brain, mm. right? Like how do people get over previous relationships, right? If you never rewired your brain, ah, you would always be stuck on, on that ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend. Or similarly, let's say you didn't get that job, that, that, that ritzy job that you, you know, that you wanted or that you were let go from a job and that was your perfect job. If you never got over to rewire your brain and thought differently, you know, you would always be stuck in that situation of being upset, mm. right? So I think that, yes, the brain definitely can be rewired. Can we go back to the relationship one? Because sure. that bothers every single person. I'm sure that we've all been through heartbreak. And so is there, a, have, you know, you've probably been through it before. Do you believe that when you're in that, you should start retraining your brain to believe that what, it didn't happen or they don't exist or you just start to believe that, okay, this happened, you accept it. I was in a relationship, it ended because we've both got different interests, now it's time to move on. Yeah, look, I think that in any relationship that ends, um, whether it be good or bad, I think that um, 
there's there's two things that you know are going to happen. You're going to mourn that person just like it would be a death, a death right? And yeah. you're gonna, you're going to be upset. And then throughout time, you know, it gets easier and easier. Um, I also think that you should be thankful, right? You have to be thankful that you learned something from that person or that person taught you something about yourself and then you could use whatever you learned or whatever you were, you know, what you were taught mm. to, to have a better relationship in the future. Mm. Um, and I think that, you know, b being thankful um, is that, you know, you were, you got out of a situation that wasn't healthy for you, right? Mm. Um, you know, people that are in, you know, unhealthy relationships, you know, when they get let go or if they get dumped or if they have heartbreak, yeah, it, it sucks and everyone goes through it. But, you know, hindsight 2020, you know, when you're with someone who's better for you, who makes you happier, right? You're going to look back and say, like, like, I can't even imagine what it would be like if I had to spend the rest of my life with that person now that I'm, that I'm you know, in something better, mm. right? So I think that... It's trusting again, isn't it? Right. Trusting that you will meet somebody. Yeah, for sure. And look, it's New York City's, you know, very hard, <laughs> very hard. But, you know, I think that it's better to be alone than to be with someone who doesn't appreciate you or, you know, isn't good for your, isn't good for your, you know, your mental health. And I think that at the end of the day, you have to have some gratitude because it just makes you sharper as a person for the next relationship and it makes you more ready and more prepared so that the right one can come along. And when that person does come along, you know, you'll, uh, you'll be smarter when it does. Absolutely. Uh, why do you think it's hard in New York? Um, I think that everyone, um, so I think a couple of different reasons. One, everyone's a workaholic in New York. Um, everyone's all about their work on the go and totally I am too, I, I totally get it. Um, everyone um, wants to see their friends, right? I feel like there's just like a limited amount of time and there's, you have a friend, you have events, you have parties, you have, you know, anything, you have your, you have workouts, right? And I think that combine that with the fact that all of these dating apps are now prevalent where the next best thing is just a swipe away. I think no one really appreciates what they have in front of them. Um, and then I think just, you know, the city in general, everything starts later, everything happens later, right? If, you know, you're a 32 year old in New York City, you're considered like young and, and, and kind of like in your prime, right? But if you're, you know, a 32 year old guy, let's just say in the Midwest, you know, everyone around you is probably like married with two kids already. And mm -hmm. I just think that there is a different aura about the city um, where, you know, it, it's okay to be like, you know, 35 and single and, you know, you're an eligible bachelor and, you know, you could have your pick of the crop. Mm. Um, I just think, you know, between all those things, it makes things harder in New York City. So what, you know, in that perspective and with everything that was spoken about, what keeps you motivated? I always, you know, a lot of people say to me, you know, are you all about the motivation? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't like to motivate people. People come to me, people come to go to neuroathletics because they're already motivated. Okay, so I, I believe that just like a power plant, you know, where Homer Simpson works, a power plant doesn't have, it doesn't just have energy, it generates energy, correct? correct. Yeah. That's exactly like the human, the human spirit. We don't just wake up and have motivation. We need to generate motivation. Right. Okay. So a lot of us, you know, I, I always say that to generate motivation, you need ambition. Okay. You need to know what is, what are you fighting for every day? What's your desire? What's your, what are you excited about? We need to get that ambition because oftentimes we have ambitions and then someone, you know, someone can knock it down, whether it's a relative, whether it's our parents, our spouse. Yep. And then we get scared. So we lose that ambition. And then the second part of it is having expectancy because 
I think you need to expect something. You know, just like visualization in sports psychology, um, you need to be able to expect that your dream or whatever it is that you're fighting for is going to become a reality. Because when you expect it, becomes true to you it lessens anxiety it lessens fear so on the topic of motivation what keeps you motivated or how do you get motivated yeah so I think um, wanting to be successful right I think that's a cliche answer but I think that we're in New York we're in mm. the most competitive city in the world surrounded by the smartest people in the world mm. and the most motivated people in the world mm. right so I think for me what keeps me motivated is the yearning to be successful Right. And, and um, it's one of the reasons why I went to business school. Right. So I could, you know, check this off the list and say I did that. Right. It's, it's one of the things, you know, I, I want to be smart. I want to be successful. I want to be looked up to. Um, I think that with with that said, I think motivation comes and goes. Mm. Right. So there's you're not going to wake up every day and be motivated. Right. You're not. And I'll just take this back to Jocko Willink. He goes, motivation comes and goes and motivation isn't going to be the thing that pushes you to get things done, mm. it's discipline, mm. right? So discipline gets, mm. you know, cause how do you, how do you, why like if, you, if you're not motivated to wake up at 5.30 in the morning and go work out, why would you get out of bed? Mm. Discipline, because you are trained to do that mm. every single day. Absolutely. Where if you don't have motivation, you know, that's what keeps you going. But for me, motivation, um, I wanna be able to be successful. I wanna be able to create a certain lifestyle that you know, I want to live and be able to share that with someone. And I think that that is a motivation in and of itself. I think a big other thing for motivation for me is um, my family and my parents. Um, mm. So my parents, you know, really didn't come from anything, and my father had a lot of struggles and a lot of obstacles in his way. And um, you know, he definitely, I would say, like for example, every day wasn't the most motivated, but he kept going and kept going and kept going despite hardships. Mm. And you know, eventually he made it. Mm. And you know, now he's kind of sitting pretty. And for me, I want to kind of emulate that, mm. and uh, that's a really big motivating factor for me. Are they were they born and raised in America? Uh, yeah. So my dad's from Yonkers, and my mom's from Brooklyn. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Yeah, it's I I completely agree with you. It's all about discipline, especially when you need to be getting up every single morning. But when you said you know you're striving for you know a family and success, I always say that if you you know if you're single or whatever it is and you want you've got a certain aspect you know you've got a man in your head that you like and he portrays all this you've got to meet that standard as well and that's what drives a lot of um, the women that I coach or even you know a lot of the men because they're like well if I want you know if I want a man that is healthy and is fit and you know who does well for himself and is excited and then I need to match that I need to feel that as well so it's always it's always getting to the deep desire of what you really want. I think that sparks motivation and ambition. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, so something that I want to end with and also get your insight into is people find themselves, it doesn't matter what age it is, mostly it's around 27 to 32. They're at that stage where they're in a position at work and they don't like it. They want to get out like it's actually just you know destroying their soul destroying their relationship being there and they don't know the best you know they don't know how to get out of that they don't know they're scared you know what do I like what you know what am I good at where should I go next have you ever been in a job or a situation like that where you don't like it you've had to escape yeah absolutely um, I think 
Well, first, I think to, to know what you like and what you don't like, right, is, is to try it, right? So, mm. um, you know, I would say you could read as, you know, many, for you could read as many sports books, right, mm. as you like and, and read about LeBron James as much as you like. But, you know, the only way that you're going to know what basketball is like is by actually playing it. Like, and that could, that's, you know, translatable to any business, right? I was a real estate broker. Before I got into real estate, the only thing I knew about real estate was watching Million Dollar Listing, right? Mm. And people have, you know, this ritzy aura about real estate. But once you're in the nitty gritty of it, now you know what the cameras don't show. You know, really, because you're in the belly of the job. And that's how you're really going to figure out, do I like this? Do I not like this? And I think that, you know, that's, a, that, that's you know, in my opinion, what your 20s can be used for, right? You have time to try out different things, figure out what you like and what you don't like. And I think based on those things, you kind of, you know, either create this job that, you know, fits all of your skills and fits all of your passions, um, or you find a job that, you know, checks off, you know, boxes one, two, three, four, and five, but maybe not check boxes, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever it is. I think, you know, also if you're in a job um, that you don't like, and I'll take this back to, uh, I think it was like Ashton Kutcher's Nickelodeon speech, like he won like a Nickelodeon I remember award. that one. And uh, he basically said, you know, like a job's a job, right? Like Ashton Kutcher had jobs that he hated. Right, but he always did them. It was always a stepping stone to the next job. And he always learned something that he took from the previous job to the next job, right? So I think that, one, you should always have some nobility in whatever you do, right? And take and take um, pride in what you do. And Ashton Kutcher said, like, even when I was like mopping floors, I took pride in mopping floors, right? It's better than having no job. It teaches mm -hmm. you a good work ethic, right? And just think about if your job and you're used to mopping floors or, you know, making cold calls, then think about, and, and you're doing that job, and you're used to that kind of grind, well, think about how good you're gonna be at an easier job because you were so used to that grind. Absolutely. Right, so so have some gratitude, be thankful that you're in a shitty job because it's gonna teach you and make you that much better for whatever job that you do find that's a little easier, mm -hmm. right, that's one. It could be worse, you could be doing nothing and not getting a paycheck, at least you're earning money, mm. right? So, and, and by earning money, you're able to have some freedom, mm -hmm. right? And then three, you know, again, just take that those lessons that you learned from your previous job and apply them to your next job. It's all life experience that you're getting. So, you know, life experience is what makes you smarter. It's what makes you sharper. What makes you wiser. And it's better than you know just sitting around twiddling your thumbs. Mm. So that would be you know my advice. Also, for my advice is if you're in a job that you don't that you hate and that you can't stand, you know. You're there, right? You're, 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 you have somewhere to be. You're doing a job. You're making money. That's on one hand. And then if you don't like it, on the other hand, in your free time, go look for other jobs. And it seems so simple. When I hear that people don't like jobs, I'm like, well, there is quit. Do another. Everyone has a choice. And complaining shouldn't be the choice that you take. Right. So let's, um, I want to ask you one question to end it. Sure. Mental performance. Okay. Working on your mind working on your brain, working on that aspect, it, that organ inside your head. How important do you think that is? I think it's the most important part. I think for me personally, you know, it's, it's fitness, right? And I'm not mm. just talking about like having a good body. And, you know, I always say like fitness is my therapy. It really is. Like it, it's better than going to talk to someone for me. Mm -hmm. It's my release. It, it, it relieves my stress. It's my one hour, you know, throughout the whole day where it's to myself and I could... You know, if I'm at Tone House, I don't think about anything else. I'm doing the workout. It's a very intense workout. 
I'm doing the class with a lot of the guys who I've become friends with. We all laugh while you know going through this brutal workout, and it's just a time where I could shut the world off and and be you know with my with my teammates and and go through this workout. Similarly, if I'm going to lift by myself, you know, it's like I tune the world out and I put on my headphones and I just, you know, throw on the weight and that's my therapy. After I feel refreshed, I feel relieved. And uh, like if I didn't lift or didn't work out, then I would probably be crazy. Mm. It has nothing to do with like, I think having, you know, a good body and being fit is, is a byproduct of, of fitness. But for me, it's so I could mentally be healthy. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Jordan. I've had the best time chatting with you. And what's your Instagram name so we can all follow you? Uh, Jordan Slots, J-O-R-D-A-N-S-L-O-T-S. Love it. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Louisa Nicola. I'd greatly appreciate your time. If you could go through, please, and rate this podcast, it would mean the absolute world to me. Have a fantastic day.